Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the podcast where we believe that the best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary things are sleeping in on Saturdays, rereading old books, and late night conversations with my teens. Lisa Jo, I love a fire in the wood stove, that first cup of coffee in the morning, and flannel sheets on the bed. As usual, we are recording on the third floor of Christie's 100-year-old farmhouse called Maplehurst. And while we wish and actually plan to invite all of you to join us here at some point, the next best thing is to get a copy of Christie's brand new book called Placemaker, which is a behind-the-scenes look at all the nooks and crannies of this very special place. In the words of one of our favorite online nesters, Michael and Smith, she says, if you appreciate beautiful stories about house and home and all the many ways places change us as we go about changing them, Placemaker is the book you've been waiting for. But Lisa Joe, Placemaker isn't just about this old house. It also tells the story of every place that came before, from our first tiny apartment in Texas to a condo in the big city of Chicago, from failed DIY to a barn raising and all the trees I fell in love with along the way. I recommend pre-ordering your copy today as a gift to your future self, and maybe as a gift to a few of your friends, too. Look for it wherever you like to buy books. It will be in your hands March 12th. Lisa Joe, I was extra excited and maybe a tiny bit nervous to greet you today. You drove up this afternoon to Maplehurst so we could record more episodes. You brought Zoe with you. She's going to hang out with Elsa. But I was standing on the porch waiting <laughs> because I wondered what you would say about the massive changes that have happened here since you were last here, which was only, what, a week and a half or two weeks ago? I know. It wasn't crazy, that long right? ago that we were here recording episodes at Maplehurst. But um, so can you tell me now and tell our listening public? <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> it's so funny to watch it on your Instagram stories. I did that's share there. Watching. That's right. Right. So if folks are wondering what we're talking about. You can actually go to Christy's Instagram at Christy Purifoy and look up what we're talking about. She has it saved under her stories, but they are doing a lot of projects here around the property. And one of them is a massive reconfiguring of the driveway, how it comes to the house. And we actually talked about this in one of our previous episodes about this idea of trying to create a safe space. That's right. I think it was episode eight. It's called You Have Permission to Let That Go. And I shared in that episode the story of my vegetable garden, my beloved vegetable garden that we... That was much more shocking when I arrived that day and the whole vegetable garden had been deconstructed. We dug up the vegetable garden. and paved paradise to put up a parking lot. to put down a a parking area and a driveway. And now at least the first layer, the gravel layer Mm -hmm. of that new driveway... My car is parked there in in the parking lot where there used to be a vegetable garden. But more than that, the driveway, it's this beautiful old 100-year-old farmhouse with this gorgeous maple-lined drive that comes down to the house. And it used to circle the entire house. It would drive your car around the back of the house. And now the drive is contained to the front of the house. There's a circular in front of the house. So it's much clearer lay of the land where the entrance is, where the barn is for events. 
I tell you what, from watching your stories, I admit, I just thought, that's great. You know, they're doing it. It it didn't seem that dramatic to Uh me. And I know you had texted me that week, too, and been like, it's so loud and crazy. (laughs) It's so messy. There's so much mud. But from the stories, it just seemed... Yes. I mean, you're taking the next step. It didn't seem like that big of a deal. But when we pulled in today, I said to Zoe, who was on the backseat watching a movie, oh my gosh, oh my God, look, look, look at Miss Christie and Mr. John's driveway. This is amazing. And what was so fun about pulling in is that it, all the things you've been telling me for ages that it never quite made sense to me, like, <laughs> we're going to have this new driveway, so it's very clear where the front of the house is. And I would think, are people stupid? Like, how do they not know where the front of the house is? But suddenly when I pulled in, I was like, oh, this is the front of the house. <laughs> this is like very clear. And I know you had such wonderful design folks come in from the local area and just uh-huh. talk about mapping out and uh-huh. how you map a space so it's clear. Right. Here's so that people the entrance. feel welcome. welcome. And, and then yeah. here's the parking lot by the barn. And because the vegetable garden and then like the pile of junk and the mm-hmm. the raised area had been in front of the barn for so long, and we've always parked toward the back of the barn, it was really interesting to pull up this time and say, oh, there's the front of the house and here's the barn because you pull up to it and you park right there. It was exciting. I got it. To me, Aww. it was just exciting. But what was funny, though, Zoe, what really struck her as we opened the door and she gets out and you guys, we are, you know, in the middle of winter here. It's mid-January and it's cold and there's a bitter wind blowing and we are surrounded by farm country particularly mushroom farms. Mushroom farms. farms. (laughs) And as you open the door and the smell just hit us, like like how wood fire hits you. It's like this pungent smell of mushrooms that really smells like manure. Zoe opens the door and she goes, whoa, it's really strong today. (laughs) And I said, oh, I know, like breathing through my mouth. And then, Christy, you'll like this. She said, I really like it, though. And I looked at her and I said, why? And I thought I knew what she meant. And she said, because it means we're here. (laughs) And there's a sense of place of coming home to Maplehurst. And you know what, Lisa Joe? that actually does. I don't know if you, if I've really expressed this to you, but that actually is like a little Band-Aid over a little wound (laughs) that I have because that smell is very bad. And sometimes it is very bad. (laughs) And so when you have as many guests and visitors and friends come by as we do, almost everyone comments, understandably. (laughs) On the odor. Uh But um, I can start to feel a bit of shame or embarrassment, Mm. even though I know it's not my smell exactly, but it is. It's not my fault. Over the smell. Right. So just hearing that, that really helped. You know, the other thing about the driveway, and I think maybe this is why I stood on the porch with a little bit of nervous anticipation, is anytime you make a drastic change Mm. to your your home or or goodness even yourself right a new haircut or something um, you're vulnerable because um what what will people say and so i have to tell you that the one thing about this driveway project that has made me nervous is it's such a big change but it's also now a very big driveway so it's permanent change in many ways exactly and so one thing that happened during the construction work is that our internet line the fios line was accidentally dug up and cut no yeah it was unfortunate but well you know we're 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 working on it so someone came by from the company to deal with that and put out a temporary line so that we could be reconnected to the internet And um, so I stood with this person on the sort of half-constructed driveway, 
And he was explaining to me, uh, you know, the complexity of the work and how he wasn't prepared. He didn't have the right tools. He didn't realize, he didn't realize the driveway was so big. <laughs> and I, it's like commenting right? on your thighs or your butt or something. <laughs> and I, I heard that. And again, it was my own already, my, um, it's already tender. Vulnerability, right. Yeah. Wondering, is it too big? Have we, have we done it right? Have we done it well? Is the design mm. good? Or have we possibly made some very expensive mistakes. I mean, mm-hmm. these are things I think with every project, big or small. And so his words, while not necessarily a criticism of the driveway, I did hear them <laughs> as a potential criticism. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, when you got out of the car and you had that big smile on your face and you were so positive right away, it I, I needed that. Mm. I needed that. And I'm so, so thank glad. you. Well, my seven-year-old, <laughs> she said, it's how you know you're here. And Aww. she just loves being here. We both do. And I think there's something very powerful. We give each other the gift of honoring each other's spaces right. by helping each other see those spaces through different kinds of eyes. Yeah. Right? So you don't have Zoe's eyes because you live here all the time. Right. You don't know what it's like to drive down that driveway yeah. of maple trees and just have your heart feel like I'm coming home. There's that sense of coming home to something and having you and John share this dream for a long time now about the driveway Mm -hmm. to actually see it as a reality. I mean, that was summer when the garden was getting dug up Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we've gone through fall and now we're in the thick of winter and the driveway is finally getting put in. Mm -hmm. So you've lived in transition quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but we have the benefit of coming to visit you at intervals. So to us, it looks like progress to Mm -hmm. what to you, what looks like chaos Mm -hmm. or did we make a mistake to us looks like a dream. It's coming wow. true. Here it is, you know? And that's, we do. We need that outside perspective. Yes, yeah. yes, which, as you know, lets me transition into what I'm so excited to talk about today. <laughs> Tell me, Lisa Jo. Oh, my gosh. The house whisperer, the kindness whisperer. You guys, okay, let's say this. Anybody who's been following me on social media in the last few weeks knows I have developed a massive (laughs) affection for a tiny diminutive Japanese woman (laughs) by the name of Marie Kondo, who I know many have, you know, been obsessed with for years. But she has a new show that just came out on Netflix called, you know, it's the name of her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And let me just pause here and say this is not a sponsored show. No. (laughs) Marie does not know that we exist. I wish she knew. She might think I'm a stalker based on how much I tag her on Instagram. (laughs) But none of this is sponsored. This is purely our own thoughts and feelings, mostly mine. So here's the interesting thing. Confession time first. I never read the book. Never. I avoided it like the plague. Oh, I you actively avoided actively it. Actively. Oh. Also actively mocked anybody oh, who read and implemented the methodology. Because <laughs> I just thought that's insane. You're this. That's cuckoo. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, <laughs> clearly, this woman has no children and has mm. some kind of obsessive compulsive disorder because this is not normal. Okay. <laughs> Nobody lives with that kind of level of organization or should have to. And I think what was actually happening is there was a a sense of shame or embarrassment in me that was being uh, triggered because I know what my house looks like. I know what it's like really living with kids. I know what it's like to try and balance a job and a home. It's completely overwhelming at all times, mm-hmm. especially without any kind of help. You know, some people might be able to have a cleaning service come 
regularly. And in some seasons, we've done that. But at the moment, it's really just Pete and I, and we mm. both work full time and we have kids and very active schedules. And it's just impossible is how it feels to me. Mm. It's overwhelming. And the last thing I need is to read an entire book that chronicles what I should be doing differently right. in my house. I don't need one more burden of guilt to add to my backpack. Thank you very much, Marie Kondo. <laughs> so I, I remember my friend, Kim Marquette, she'll get a kick out of this. We were sitting at a pizza place in Arkansas. I was visiting her and she started talking to me about Marie Kondo and how (laughs) she talked about how at the end of the night you fold your socks and thank them and put them away. And I was like, (laughs) what? Is she on crack? Like what? And she's like, oh yes. And when you do your laundry and you fold it, you thank it. And if you're getting Mm. rid of old clothes, you thank them for what they've meant to you. And and I just was like, I mean, I'm sorry, Kim, for all the things I said that night (laughs) because I made so much fun. But you, so you have, you're a you're a convert now. You've joined the team. You, so, is that what you're telling us? <laughs> no, I love people. Huh. I really love them. And when I met Marie Kondo through this Netflix show, uh. I really want to put her in my pocket and just take her everywhere with me in my life. Not because of her organizing skills, uh-huh. but because of how she sees people. And I really believe her book and her show should be called The Life-Changing Magic of Kindness. Hmm. Because I could not get over the joy and delight she brought into the homes of people who were burdened by the shame Hmm. from their home, from their organizing, from their clutter, from their, what's that word where you stockpile things kind of, you know, hoarding. They were embarrassed and ashamed. And what you think will happen when an expert arrives is that they're going to correct you, right? They're going Uh to say, this is what you're doing wrong. Uh And you are wrong. And this is what you need to do to do right. But instead, when Marie arrives, what she brings in and the gift she gives the people is a fresh way to see themselves through her eyes. And there's a moment where she sees all these cluttered drawers and she's just kind of jumping up and down and clapping her hands in joy. And the the woman is so embarrassed. And Marie says, no, no, no. I love mess. I love mess. I will help you tidy. And she (laughs) brings this joy and this gift to remove not just the clutter, but the shame associated with the clutter. The woman is a walking joy magnet when she comes Mm. in through the door. I love everything about the show. I love that the homes she goes into are not HGTV perfect. A lot of them are spaces that are too small for a big family, where it's overcrowded, it feels like, where people aren't focused on design because they're working hard just to get by. Mm. And here comes this tiny diminutive woman with her translator. Christy, I love that large portions of the show are in Japanese. It's just the Mm. greatest thing to see these American families bend in to listen to the quiet voice of the translator and their delight as they watch Marie's face as she's talking in Japanese. How it reminds us of our shared humanity when we're able to see the best in each other, Mm. when we're able to embrace it and love each other. And it's interesting. I had so many people reply to me on Instagram because I did an entire story about Marie Kondo. It's actually saved in my Instagram stories. So if you go to my um, Instagram profile, Lisa Jo Baker, shameless plug, you can go find the Marie Kondo story and see what I'm talking about. But I had a lot of people then reply to me and say, oh, I also wrote her off as kind of a not job. It's too woo-woo for me. It's kind of weird. 
But when you watch it play out, when she arrives at the home of these frazzled parents with two kids who feel overwhelmed by their home, by their responsibilities, where the woman feels constantly like she's failing when it comes to organizing the clutter that toddlers create, Marie walks in and one of the babies puts her arms out to go and hug Marie and Marie takes her in her arms and is just holding her. And then Marie goes, oh, I'm so happy. And this little baby is just like, I want to hold her. And, and And you're watching this thinking, I want Marie to hold me too because she's so lovely. She has that effect on mm. on the viewers and on the families. And she does this incredibly moving, slightly woo-woo thing, <laughs> I acknowledge. But when she comes into the home, after she's met the family, after they've really shown her their shame, is, is really what's happening because they're like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Look at all these clothes and look at this clutter. And they're, they're really listing a litany of their own faults mm. and their own flaws. She just follows them from room to room with delight, watching them, listening to them, saying a few comments she might say to the mom, that must be hard for you, or that must be overwhelming for you. She doesn't say, oh my goodness, this is a disaster, where do we even begin? She says statements that are much more freeing and enabling than that. And then there's this great moment in every single house where she says to the couple, I want to greet your house. And of course, they're taken aback by what she means. And then the interpreter explains, this is what she does with every house. You don't have to do anything. You can just sit there. And she walks around in her stockinged feet. Always she takes her shoes off. Okay. And she finds a spot and kneels on the carpet or on the floor and then assumes what what I I must just assume the um, traditional Japanese bowing position. She puts her palms down on the carpet uh-huh. and then she bends her head down and she bows to greet the house. And she just sits in silence for <gasps> one, two, three minutes. And you just feel the peace of the space as everybody who's been waiting to be given their list of instructions, right? right? Here are all the things you need to correct. Instead, have this moment of observance in the house. And the first time she does it, when she's done, she looks up at this tired, harried couple who are holding their babies and she says, this is a very good house. And the wife starts to cry and says, I don't even know why I'm crying. And the husband says, I think for so long, we've only thought about what's wrong with this house Mm -hmm. or what we're doing wrong in this house. We've never taken the time to think about everything that's happened in this house, how this house has sheltered us, how it's seen us grow from just two to now having two kids. And there's something about that moment where she acknowledges. And I, and I think as a believer, I would say it's that gratitude, right? It's a yeah, moment of saying, yeah. thank you for what I have, Lord. Uh, thank you for what you've given me. I recognize what I've lived in this space. Thank you, God. Instead of accusation, yeah. there's no accusation. There's, I, have, I have goosebumps. I mean, Christy, so, I, I cried it. like a little baby. Full disclosure, I have not seen the show. I'm familiar with her. I even, I believe when the book came out, read the book or read most of it, at least a library copy and, and enjoyed it as far as I remember. But that was a while ago now. But what you're describing, I've got to see that. Tonight, for we're going to yeah, watch I that together. I, <laughs> but but oh, it's just beautiful that... So, and I'm also realizing, no wonder you wanted to talk about this too, because what a perfect image for out of the ordinary to Mm. say, before we rush ahead saying, what needs fixing? What needs to change? What what do we need to make new or, or, you know, go searching for, but to 
stop and pause right. and say, what do I already have? Right. What What is already here? That's right. so beautiful. And so rich. And I think when you and I were talking earlier, part of what you expressed as to why you hadn't watched the show, and it's why I never read the book, is you feel like it's a t- a to-do list right. waiting for you, right? right? Like and I'm assume, already a little bit overwhelmed, right. frankly. So, yes. Yeah. And so who wants to have that? Yeah. Like, okay, I know I should clean out I know my drawers are messy. I don't yeah. need to now be lectured on it. Yeah. But instead, when I watched it, it was so freeing. And mm. I felt so motivated to start tidying, not out of then a sense of obligation or guilt or must or have to, but because it was it felt like an invitation. Mm. It felt like a, let's see what you can do with with all of this. Let mm. me come alongside you. And the, I mean, it's so weird because none of my family had watched it. But that Sunday, I had been telling my husband about the show, kind of emoting in this uh-huh. way about how beautiful it was and how profound and and asked and talked to him in some of the ideas she has about how you organize. And I realized you know, Peter has some stuff in my closet and he has some stuff in this dresser in the living room, but that's got these janky drawers that don't open and close properly. And I said to him, is that hard to use that dresser? Like, would you rather us move everything and reassign it to this other dresser? And we could just take everything out of that and sort it. And then you'd have this space for your clothes. Like, where would you like your clothes to be when you get dressed in the morning? Because mm-hmm. he gets up much earlier than the rest of us because he commutes far. And he said, Actually, I think it would be nice to have them in a, not in the bedroom where I am, but to have them in a space where they're more accessible after I get out the shower. And so we came home from church on Sunday and shocked ourselves by immediately beginning the purging process Mm -hmm. because we wanted to reorder where our clothes were Mm -hmm. so that it could serve us better because that's what she's focusing on. It sounds to me, Lisa Joe, like you were tuning into how to serve your husband in that moment, which is really beautiful. Right. To just think, how does... It had never occurred to me to Mm. think that where the clothes are located could impact your sense of joy in the morning, in preparation. And when I slowed down and I thought about Pete's morning, I thought, gosh, that's got to be really inconvenient (laughs) where Mm. his clothes are located. And so when we were, I said, the first thing she does is take everything out the closet, you know, pile it on the bed. It's this huge mountain of crazy on our bed. And I said, Pete, this I didn't tell him about like thanking the clothes. She does this mm-hmm. whole thing like when you're donating something or parting with it, you you look at it and you thank it for what it did for you. And it, <laughs> that just sort of seemed weird to me. But so here's what's so interesting because I think she taps into something that's real. As Peter started sorting through his clothes, he couldn't help but do that natural thing where you hold it up and he would be like, like Oh, I remember this coat. Do you remember the night I wore it to such and such? And oh. we had all these memories from like before we had children and when we lived in Ukraine. And do you remember the night we were out at the Golden Gate restaurant? And do you remember? And we both stood there like holding these clothes. And I said, that's what Marie says you're supposed to do. And then we thank the clothes. And he looked at me and he was like, you're a good coat. And then put it on the bottle. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. We're thanking our clothes. I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh, but I love that. <laughs> really, on a spiritual level, there is that sense of acknowledging there's something bigger than me, right? There's right. a God who walked with me through all of these moments when we were just young married couples, when we were in Ukraine wishing we could start a family, when we moved to South Africa. There are all these milestones represented by the physical things in our lives. Yeah. And so it's why when she's sorting, she talks about the last category you ever sort is sentimental items oh. because you have to wait till you have the right emotional energy, right? To like mm. be able to face those things. Because it's about more than the things And themselves. she recognizes mm. that. And so 
I just have loved so much watching these families shed layers of shame. And it's it's like clearing the baggage out of your life, both the physical baggage as well as emotional baggage. And you actually watch it happen as they're going through the steps. And I just have been so struck again by kindness. It's sort of an old-fashioned word even, you know, mm-hmm. this old-fashioned art of kindness. And it got me thinking about key moments just even recently of people I've come across in my life who've been just unexpectedly kind. It sort of takes your breath away when that happens. And I think it's why there's sort of this frenzy now watching the show. It's not just about the tidying up. It's about the interaction that's happening between human beings where Mm -hmm. someone is saying, I see you, but look at how I see you. I don't see you the way you see you. I see you with these eyes of delight and joy and acceptance. Do you know that reminds me, the only reality TV show that I think I've ever really liked, and I don't just like it, I love it. Oh, I'm I don't dying know if you've to seen it because um, I don't. I don't like reality TV. No, because it's too it, stressful. It's, it's stressful. All conflict. It's conflict. Right. It, yeah, I feel like it's a, it's it celebrates the uglier side right. of relationships right. and interactions. So I, I as typically haven't liked it, but I love <laughs> the great. British baking oh, show yes, for the same reason <laughs> because yes, the people yes. are so kind and they will I be know. in the middle of a frenzy competition <laughs> and someone oh is really struggling with right. their cake batter or something <laughs> and you will hear voices from the other tables where other people are struggling with their cake right, batter and right. everyone is under a time limit and they will say Kevin, do you need help over there? Oh, no. <laughs> you just want to start crying. Even the little the little hosts, the hostesses who are who are not bakers and are not participating will come round and say, "Can I lend you a hand?" or oh. or you'll see them all of a sudden scrambling to help someone get the extra <laughs> spatula they need or something. Anyway, everyone is so kind that my husband and I can sit well and then there's all the desserts, of course, all the yes, baking. Yes. But I just want to sit and bask in the loveliness mm-hmm. of these human interactions. Yeah. So, yeah, you've, I mean, you've got me convinced. Right, because those moments I had a I actually remember texting you or sending you a message that day. I was having a day at home where I just felt, you know how it is. We all get overwhelmed by our lives sometimes and we can get stuck in the downward spiral of social media where everybody has it together except me. And I realized I needed to get myself offline and just go out into the real world. And I was still wearing just ratty sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And I thought, I'm just going to go to the grocery store. We have to get groceries anyway. Um, And I just felt I just felt that that weird alone vortex you can sometimes feel in after you come off of social media. And I drove to the store. I walked in. I was at the deli. I was buying sliced honey ham or something. I don't know for deli sandwich meats. But the lady serving was so delightful that it snapped me out of this funk I was in based on unreal interactions, right? Uh, Like just perceiving and watching social media. But here was a real human and she was like, hey, honey, you know, how do you want that ham? Do you want it real thin? Do you want it? And she just kept talking to me. And then I would say, "Uh, uh, I guess shaved. And she's like, how about this? Did this suit you? Do you like it like this? And she came over and gave me a piece. (laughs) and, And suddenly I'm having this whole conversation with this deli lady who is so delightful because I felt like she really saw me Mm. in that moment. She saw this tired mom was buying her ham for a kid's sandwich. And instead of just handing me the ham, it wasn't transactional. Mm. It was relational. And that is a very powerful thing to give somebody a relational moment. I have another one. 
on my drive here today. Okay. We come through three different toll booths every time, right? And a lot of the times at toll booths, it's completely transactional, which you expect. Of course it is. You're just handing over money and they're handing you a receipt if you ask for one. But when I came through the last toll booth today, as I pulled up, the woman looked at me with this giant smile and said, hi, how are you doing today? And I was so taken aback. (laughs) And I looked at her and smiled too. And I said, I'm doing great. Thank you. And she's like, good. I just hope you're having a great day. And I gave her my money. And she's like, do you want a receipt with that? And I said, yes, I do. And she's like, here it is. Have a wonderful day. And I zoomed off with this giant smile on my Mm. face because I thought, wow, she saw me. Like I can can still see Mm. her face. She's imprinted on me. Mm. And as spiritual creatures built in the DNA of a relational God, I think that's why when we watch those Marie Kondo, I can never say her name right, Marie Kondo moments, is that right? Kondo? Right. K-O-N-D-O. We'll double check for the show notes. I'm sure. No, I mean, that is how it is. I I don't know. I always get it wrong. But it's also interesting because when she says her own name, she has that musical accident. She actually almost sounds like Maria a little bit Uh, when she says it, but it's, I don't think it is. I think it's how she pronounces it. But that moment where she is a human being Mm. really taking the time to see someone else. And I have to add what's very powerful about the transformations that happen in the show is that they take so much time. Oh, really? It's not like an HGTV, like Instant one week makeover. makeover. No, oh. it'll say like, you know, so Marie comes back to visit every few weeks, but it'll say like day one when she arrives, say, and then it'll say day nine and she arrives. Then it'll say like day 32, oh. day 64. Oh, wow. And you realize how much time it actually takes for transformation to happen. And it's painful and exhausting. And my back still hurts from all mm. the Marie Kondoing and <laughs> doing in our house. But you realize the lightning of that load is so profound to experience because somehow your soul lightens from the experience. Mm. I'm totally sold out. I can't even believe these words are coming Mm. out of my mouth, but it's true. But I would never have picked up that book except for the the personal interaction I experienced through Mm. watching the show and encountering her as a person person. who loves other people. She really, really loves them. So you're a person who loves people and you're, and you're good at loving people. people. You're good at that. I have have to have a lot of practice. (laughs) I I have, I have long felt well loved by you, (laughs) you know, so, and I, I I love people too. (laughs) You love people. Um, But I'm also a person who really loves places. Yeah. I really love places. I love homes. My favorite, favorite toy when I was a kid was the dollhouse that my dad built for me and my sisters. There was also the playhouse house he mm. built in our backyard. So I love places. And your description of Marie walking in, greeting the family, but then bowing down and taking a moment of quiet to greet the home. That, that really know. speaks I knew to that's me. When I, I knew that's when I had you. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to see that for myself. That really speaks to me. And it just, it reminds me of even now living in this place that has a history, this this old farmhouse Maplehurst. It has a name. It has beauty. Mm-hmm. It has, you know, things that make it special. It's why you and Zoe enjoy coming yeah. here and why we enjoy having other people and why we look forward to using that black barn out right. there to to welcome friends and podcast listeners one day for an event or a gathering. So this is a special place and it it should be easy for me to love it, but it isn't hmm. always. Really that's so it isn't interesting. I, because um 
it needs a lot of care. Mm. It, it requires a lot of decisions, you know, about that care. It requires a lot of money, mm. you know, resources of time yeah. and energy that often feel just overwhelming. So it isn't easy for me to love. Even my garden, the gardens I plant outside are not in the middle of summer when they're so beautiful, they're not easy for me to love because I go out there and I'm bitten by mosquitoes. <laughs> I'm sweaty. I feel overwhelmed by the weeds. I feel surrounded by evidence of what a poor gardener I am, you know, the mistakes I've ma- made or the things I can't keep up with. And so that's not the whole reality, but I often do struggle mm. with, you know, it's just, it's hard to love the place where I live, but I can look back at all the places I have lived and they have not been so um, special or, mm-hmm. or grand in some sense as this, this old farmhouse, whether I think of my college dorm room mm-hmm. or the first apartments I shared with um, my husband, Jonathan, those were not in and of themselves special mm-hmm. places. They were anonymous little apartments and, yeah. um, you know, rentals with, with white walls that we scuffed up with our furniture, you know, <laughs> moving in and out. And, and yeah, I look back and I think, what would it have did I really see those places? Did mm. I really appreciate the walls and the the ceilings mm. I was given? And unfortunately, I think it's just always a struggle, whether we have a, a big house or a little condo or a little apartment mm-hmm. or a dorm room or a bedroom we share with our sibling. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I grew up sharing bedrooms with my sisters, whatever it is. I'm just inspired to think about what would it look like to be kind to my home, like to have that that attitude of kindness, not just to the my family who lives mm-hmm. in the home, but the space itself, recognizing that this is shelter given right. to me by by God. Mm-hmm. This is provision for mm-hmm. me from God. What if my attitude was not nitpicky? Here's yeah. what's wrong. Here's what feels too small. Here's what feels too hard. But instead, if my mind went straight to more of a gratitude list, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for that. I feel like that could be actually life-changing to use (laughs) the title of the show. our kids will take their cues from us. Uh, So if we love a place, our kids will love it. They mm. will only remember what narrative we write. Mm, That's true. And so I have, in retrospect, learned there are houses we lived in that were really, really tiny, but my kids will speak with such affection about them because they have all these memories rooted there. There are other places we've lived where I've disdained and just Mm. been so glad to just get the heck out of there. And Mm -hmm. my kids will use that same language. Mm -hmm. It is so interesting how they will experience a place based on the story I write Mm. for them. And I think it's why friendship is so powerful. I love that when I come and visit Maplehurst and I'm more and more aware of this, that I give you the gift of seeing it through somebody else's eyes. You do. And that means so much to me that you were waiting out there for me for my reaction because I don't know why my reaction would ever matter. I just always think of Maplehurst. I hold it in such high esteem. But how special that you are waiting to see how I will react because it helps you gauge your own feelings uh, towards your house. Oh, no, I had imagined at least, I had imagined (laughs) you stepping out of your car. I reacted well. Oh, beyond. You know, I imagined, well, what if her brow crinkles and she says, Oh. oh, 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 I didn't picture it like this. Or, oh, I, oh, this is a lot of gravel. 
<laughs> well, good. I'm glad that in truly sigil form, I was large and loud and leapt out and immediately was like, this is amazing. We and love it. Do you know it. what else I thought, Lisa Joe? So this morning as I was getting ready for you to come and uh, so my husband was out of town this week, which means that the house is a mess. Okay, let me a caveat. Christy's idea of mess is very, <laughs> very different than the rest of well, us. I did some tidying up this morning before you came. I especially did some vacuuming of Christmas tree pine needles oh, that were still Those all over the, the carpet. They last forever. But um, there was a point in the kitchen where I had tidied up a bit and I knew that there were still crumbs all over the counter. And I had the thought... I'm a little tired. I think I need to just sit down. Lisa Joe won't see the crumbs. No. I just knew that you wouldn't right. because anytime you come, you always see something, you call out something beautiful or something you love or something you like or, you know, that you're grateful for. And I just knew that that would be your way of seeing. And oh, so I, I rested in that moment. Good. I went and sat down and read my book for a little while because I knew I have a friend who doesn't see the crumbs in, in no. me or in my no. home. It's or, so, I mean, one of the most obnoxious things I think I do is when I arrive, I immediately start taking pictures because even though I've been in this house, I mean, so many times, countless times, there are corners or moments of light or winter sunshine that comes mm -hmm. through on a reading nook that I experience differently every time. And I feel like a treasure hunter. And I'm like, oh, I have to get that. Oh, mm -hmm. I need to put that in my pocket. And I share those on Instagram. Every time I come to Maplehurst, I just shamelessly, and I think that's an important word, without shame, I share over mm. and over again pictures of this place because it is a home to me. And I like to be able to invite people into it to see its beauty and to take refuge and here. I see it. You take pictures of things that I might not, that mm. I might be hesitant to share or even embarrassed to share. But I am always grateful when you do, because when I look at what you share, I see I see my own home through eyes of kindness and love oh. and generosity and, and appreciation, which are things I don't always extend to my mm. own space, but I, I'm encouraged to do that through you. So it's just, it's really interesting for me to think about how we might do that for the, just the ordinary spaces we inhabit, the ordinary clothes we wear, mm -hmm. you know, the coat mm -hmm. we wore, uh, like your husband, or the people that we interact yeah. with, the person in the toll booth or the person at I the know. deli counter. It This really is life-changing. So this week, you guys, this is, you You just have to do this. I'm going to boss you now. Okay. <laughs> Number one, you must watch the show if you haven't. Please I'm going to do it. I'll just I'll, give it like do five it. minutes. And I had all kinds of people, some people message you the strangest opinions on Instagram. Thank you, Instagram, for that. But um, some people have been very skeptical and said, I'm not interested at all. It's not my cup of tea. And then messaged me back a day later. I started watching and I'm so glad that I did mm. because it isn't about organizing. It's about how you see people. It's about how you see your home. So number one, try it, okay? Number two, this week, when you've listened to this episode, here's your assignment, okay? Take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your Instagram stories, and then follow it with a picture from your house. And ah. share on Instagram why you love that corner of your house or that chair in your house or that room in your house or the memory of where your kids took its first step in your house. Show some kindness to your house today and share it with us on Instagram. Tag me. Me at Lisa Joe Baker or Christy at Kirsty Purifoy or use our hashtag out of the ordinary podcast. But let's do that this week. Share the share this podcast episode and then share a picture of your home. Show some kindness to the place that's been kind to you. 